Now we will begin the tale of Despero, being the story of a mouse, a princess, some soup, and a spool of thread. The world is dark, and light is precious. Come closer, dear reader. You must trust me. I am telling you a story. Book the first. A mouse is born. Chapter one. The last one. This story begins within the walls of a castle with the birth of a mouse. A small mouse. The last mouse born to his parents and the only one of his litter to be born alive. Where are my babies, said the exhausted mother when the ordeal was through. Show me my babies. The father mouse held up the small one, held the small, the one small mouse up high. There is only this one, he said. The others are dead. Mon Dieu, just one mouse baby? Just the one. Will you name him? All of that work for nothing, said the mother. She sighed. It is so sad. It is such the disappointment. She was a French mouse who had arrived at the castle long ago in the luggage of a visiting French diplomat. Disappointment was one of her favorite words. She used it often. Will you name him? repeated the father. Will I name him? Will I name him? Of course I will name him. But he will only die like the others. Oh, so sad. Oh, such a tragedy. The mouse mother <clears throat> held a handkerchief to her nose and then waved it in front of her face. She sniffed. I will name him. Yes, I will name this mouse Despero. For all the sadness, for the many despairs of this place. Now, where is my mirror? Her husband handed her a small shard of mirror. The mouse mother, whose name was Antoinette, looked at her reflection and gasped aloud. Tolise, she said to one of her sons, get for me my makeup bag. My eyes are a fright. While Antoinette touched up her eye makeup, the mouse father put Despero down on a bed made of blanket scraps. The April sun, weak but determined, shone through a castle window, and from there squeezed itself through a small hole in the wall and placed one golden finger on the little mouse. The other older mice children gathered around to stare at Despero. His ears are too big, said his sister Merlot. Those are the biggest ears I've ever seen. Look said a brother named Furlow. His eyes are open. Pa, his eyes are open. They shouldn't be open. It is true. Despero's eyes should not have been open, but they were. He was staring at the sun, reflecting off his mother's mirror. The light was shining onto the ceiling in an oval of brilliance, and 
and he was smiling up at the sight. There's something wrong with him, said the father. Leave him alone. Despero's brothers and sisters stepped back away from the new mouse. This is the last, proclaimed Antoinette from her bed. I will have no more mice babies. They are such the disappointment. They are hard on my beauty. They ruin for me my looks. This is the last one. No more. The last one, said the father. And he'll be dead soon. He can't live, not with his eyes open like that. But, reader, he did live. This is his story. Chapter two. Such a disappointment. Despero Tilling lived. But his existence was cause for much speculation in the mouse community. He is the smallest mouse I've ever seen, said his Aunt Florence. It's ridiculous. No mouse has ever ever be this small, not even a tilling. She looked at Despero through narrowed eyes, as if she expected him to disappear entirely. No mouse, she said again, ever. Despero, his tail wrapped around his feet, stared back at her. Those are some big ears he's got too, observed his Uncle Alpha. They look more like donkey ears, if you ask me. They are obscenely large ears, said Aunt Florence. Despero wiggled his ears. His Aunt Florence gasped. They say he was born with his eyes open, whispered Uncle Alfred. Despero stared hard at his uncle. Impossible, said Aunt Florence. No mouse, no matter how small or obscenely large-eared, is ever born with his eyes open. It simply isn't done. His pa, Lester, says he's not well, said Uncle Alfred. Despero sneezed. He said nothing in defense of himself. How could he? Everything his aunt and uncle said was true. He was ridiculously small. His ears were obscenely large. He had been born with his eyes open, and he was sickly. He coughed and sneezed so often that he carried a handkerchief in one paw at all times. He ran temperatures. He fainted at loud noises. Most alarmingly of all, he showed no interest in the things a mouse should show interest in. He did not think constantly of food. He was not intent on tracking down every crumb. While his older, larger siblings ate, Despero stood with his head cocked to one side, holding very still Do you hear that sweet, sweet sound, he said. I hear the sound of cake crumbs falling out of people's mouths and hitting the floor, said his brother Toulouse. That's what I hear. No, said Despero. It's something else. It sounds like mm, honey. You might have big ears, said Toulouse, but they're not attached to your brain. You don't hear honey. You smell honey when there's honey to smell, which there isn't. Son, 
barked Despero's father. Snap to it. Get your head out of the clouds and hunt for crumbs. Please, said his mother, look for the crumbs. Eat them to make your mama happy. You are such the skinny mouse. You are a disappointment to your mom. Sorry, said Despero. He lowered his head and sniffed the castle floor. But reader, he was not smelling. He was listening with his big ears to the sweet sound that no other mouse seemed to hear. Chapter, read the next 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 Scrabbling across the waxed castle floor. Look over your shoulder all the time. First to the right, then to the left. Don't stop for anything. But Despero wasn't listening to Furlough. He was staring at the light pouring in through the stained glass windows of the castle. He stood on his hind legs and held his handkerchief over his heart and stared up, up, up into the brilliant light Furlough, he said. What is this thing? What are all these colors? Are we in heaven? Cripes, shouted Furlough from a far corner. Don't stand there in the middle of the floor talking about heaven. Move. You're a mouse, not a man. You've got to scurry. What? said Despero, still staring at the light. But Furlough was gone. He had, like a good mouse, disappeared into a hole in the molding. Despero's sister, Merlot, took him into the castle library, where light came streaming in through tall, high windows and landed on the floor in bright yellow patches. Here, said Merlot, follow me, small brother, and I will instruct you on the fine points of how to nibble paper. Merlot scurried up a chair and from there hopped on to a table on which there sat a huge open book. This way, small brother, she said, as she crawled onto the pages of the book. And Despero followed her from the chair to the table to the page. Now then, said Bernard, this glue here is tasty, and the paper edges are crunchy and yummy, like so. She nibbled the edge of a page and then looked over at Despero. You try, she said. First, bite some of the glue, and then follow it with a crunch of the paper. And these squiggles are very tasty. Despero looked down at the book. Something remarkable happened. The marks on the pages, the squiggles, as Merlot had referred to them, arranged themselves into shapes. The shapes arranged themselves into words, and the words spelled out a delicious and wonderful phrase. Once upon a time. Once upon a time, whispered Despero. What? said Merlot. Nothing. Eat, said Merlot. 
couldn't possibly, said Disbrow, backing away from the book. Why? Um, said Disbrow, it would ruin the story. The story? What story? Merlot stared at him. A piece of paper trembled at the end of one of her indignant whispers. It's just like Pa said when you were born. Something is not right with you. She turned and scurried from the library to tell her parents about this latest disappointment. Despero waited until she was gone. And then he reached out with one paw and touched the lovely words. Once upon a time. He shivered. He sneezed. He blew his nose into his handkerchief. Once upon a time, he said aloud, relishing the story. And then tracing each word with his paw, he read the story of a beautiful princess and the brave knight who serves and honors her. Despero did not know it, but he would need very soon to be brave himself. Have I mentioned that beneath the castle there was a dungeon? In the dungeon there were rats, large rats, mean rats. Despero was destined to meet those rats. Reader, you must know that an interesting fate, sometimes involving rats, sometimes not, awaits almost everyone mouse or man, who does not conform. Read the next chapter. Yeah, read the next chapter.